You're listening to the Put On Waivers Podcast with your host, Dwayne Douglas, on the POW Sports Podcast Network. So whether it's the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, or even hockey, nah, forget about hockey. Now for the best in sports talk, come along for the ride with the Put On Waivers Podcast. Here's your host, Dwayne Douglas. You're a philosopher? Yes. Welcome to another glorious episode of the Put On Waivers podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Douglas, podcasting off the shores of the Pacific Ocean, 82 degrees and sunny, a little chilly at nighttime, a little, kind of gives it kind of that desert feel. If you've been to Vegas, that little desert feel at nighttime where it gets a little chilly. But we will persevere in Southern California. We will persevere and stay strong during these tough nights of cold weather. Uh, <laughs> I have my partner, Mike Rolando, podcasting from the great state of North Carolina, the home of Carolina Panthers, you know, all the good stuff with, you know, with all the, 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 the home, the host of others, uh, you know, Dean Smithway, Mitchell Trubisky, Lane down, down there in North Carolina, he's a prodigal son, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, <laughs> how you doing, t- <laughs> how you doing today, Michael? I'm doing great. You know what never gets mentioned? Philip Rivers never never gets mentioned. Never. And never will, mentioned Philip Rivers. And, and we will continue to never never mention Philip Rivers. Broadcasting <laughs> um, <laughs> from the great state of Connecticut, the, in- the uh, home birthplace of the Harper Whalers, um, the home of the Yukon Huskies, and the insurance capital of the free world, James Amato. How are you doing today? Doing good. The home of Russ Springer also. Russ Springer, yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good cool. one. I mean, George okay. Springer. I'm sorry, George Springer. George, George, George Springer. Some, 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 yeah, thinking of some old Yankees. Yeah, George Springer is, is, is kind of becoming that home run king of the postseason. They, they, they definitely yeah. play more rounds than they used to, but he, is a, he hits a lot of home runs in the postseason. So, and, that's where, and, and, and that's where we're going to start the show off. The postseason will take precedent over everything else. So we're going to go right to the MLB Final Four here. Um We'll start with the Dodgers and the Brewers right now. I felt the I felt like the Brewers, the single the Brewers had their chance in this series, and I know they they went up one nothing, then they went up two to one, but I really feel like the best way to win to beat the Dodgers because the Dodgers are just a really dominant home team. I just felt like the best way to beat them in a seven game series when you have home home field was to win the first two. I think the biggest at bat in this entire series. Was uh, was Turner's at bat got got the big home run? They were able to tie up the series, and Mike now they're headed uh, headed three to two because Kershaw p- uh, pitched a great game today. Yeah, it is. I, I think similarly, I was that, what a great at bat that was, um, and uh, actually turned the series. I think you're right. I think there was a big momentum switch right at that moment, and so and then Dodgers kind of uh, gained a lot of confidence, and I think haven't looked back since. So. There are some signature moments. I mean, you'll look for signature moments or momentum swings that are, that are big in series. I think that was one of them. Um, you know, Turner had a, another great at bat today. Um, that was that was big. That kind of put some separation between the two uh, between the two teams. So um, 
I would say Turner's been a vital player for them, but also finally getting some timely pitching from Kershaw and some timely hitting. You're, you're going to see the Dodgers, they can, they can close this thing out, are going to be a pretty formidable team if they can get Kershaw to pitch like that consistently, which is a big question mark, obviously, because it's the biggest criticism of his. But if he can pitch like that and they can get some timely hits, that experience that, that we were talking about last week that they have that might bring them through, you can kind of see they're a little bit more confident in the big moments than they have in the last, uh, the last couple of years. Uh, James, this is this is the Dodgers' opportunity here to close to close um, to close the Brewers out. The Brewers are a really good team. They had a tremendous run. They won all those games in a row. But you ha- you got the, you got the big game in Kershaw in Game Five that you needed. You end up you end up winning the you, you go late into the night the night before. That must have been a huge momentum momentum booster um, for, for the Dodgers here. And they have to close this out in six, I think. I mean, you, you, you go to a seventh game and you face that bullpen, you never know what could happen. I'm looking for the Dodgers to, to really try to close that out in game six, right? Yeah. I, I, it's a, I mean, it's a must win for both teams, but if I'm the Dodgers, I want to close out in six. You never want to get to game seven, especially on the road, and you don't have the last at bat. Um, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, the Dodgers have not impressed me at all in this series, and they're up three games mm-hmm. to two, so – you know, maybe the Brewers are starting to cool off, um, had that incredible streak going into the playoffs, and, and we might have overrated them a little bit. And I'm, and I'm not talking about their offense, but the starting pitching just has not really impressed me in this series, and I just don't think they match up that well against the Dodgers when it comes to, to the starters, even with you know, as bad as Kershaw was in his first start. And then in his second start, you know, he was incredible today. I mean, you for all the criticism he takes, you, you got to give Kershaw – some some big ups for today, um, you know the performance he turned in. Uh, you don't think the I think the Brewers bats have been more of the issue in this series than the than the pitching. They, they they've been they've held the Dodgers down a little bit, especially especially in um in last night's game. It wasn't I mean they had the opportunity late in that ball game to push. I mean the simplest thing in baseball we talk about all the time, right? Moving a runner over, got a leadoff double, could not move the runner over. You could have scored a winning run with an out. They weren't able to do that, and I mean, and that could be one of the things that I'm sure that Craig Council is going to be you know, kicking himself because you know I, I like him as a manager. I, I, he's feisty, and you could tell that he. I mean, he's cha- he challenged that ball in the in the in the left in the right field corner. I thought it was I thought it was a, a smart challenge there. I mean, to um, maybe get a fan interference to steal him out there for Hater, but you know they have not hit yet. So go. Let's see if they go home. Are they going to hit? Um, you know, I'm gonna look up who, who's gonna start in Game Six, but was I think it's huge for them to to kind of get off, get up, get off the Schneid and maybe score three or four runs in that first inning, James, to to, to make sure the Dodgers know, hey, you're gonna be in Milwaukee for for a couple more a couple more days. Yeah, but you know, the, the Dodgers have like singled them to death. <laughs> you know, when you look at this series, like there, there's there's not many extra base hits. Um, you know the Dodgers were were had one of their best offensive seasons in their history this year, and it's just not there. I mean, yeah, they're they're playing base to base baseball basically, and it's and it's not even advancing runners. It's, it's just like getting getting a bunch of singles in a row. And you know, in my opinion, yeah, if if their bats were hitting, um, you know, if the Brewers were, were hitting, the series would probably be over. The way the Dodgers haven't responded, but I, you know. The whole, you know, I, I thought today was a gimmick having the pitcher come out um, and pitch one, you know, one batter and then take him out. And 
um, you know, that, you know, there's something that maybe try to get the team motivated or something like that. But the way the Dodgers have been swinging, I, I don't think you had to try to trick them like that. Um, I think you should, you know, do something to, to snap the bats out. And momentum is only as good as your, you know, that day's pitcher and, and the bats can wake up, you know, in game six and seven, you know, maybe those bats will come back alive. But when you look at the Brewers season in a microcosm, if you break it down into the thirds, you know, even into fifths, it was those last 24 games of the season, you know, of the season that really pushed them over the edge and into the playoffs, um, got them to win against the Cubs. And, you know, the more you're reading about the Cubs, the more it turns out that was quite the dysfunctional team, you know, the second half of the season to the, to the point where Chris Bryant is turning down a $250 million contract. So, uh, you know, so the Brewers got in the playoffs off of that, but honestly, this, this round, they have just not impressed me at all. And neither of the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are up three games to two. So, um, you know, they are also the, the national league champions. They've been in the, in the playoffs three, uh, four straight years, third year in a row in the NLCS. Um, so, you know, all the pressure is going to be on the Brewers, even though it's going to be, even with it being a home game. Mike, um, thoughts on the Brewers Dodgers going into to game six, pivotal game six. It's a, it's going to be, we're either going to be going for game seven or we're going to be sitting there looking at uh, the Dodgers pouring champagne on themselves. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's a big, extremely difficult thing, game to pick because you have a team that's, you know, usually teams play well and respond, and I think that the Brewers are a tough team. So the idea that they're, they're not going to shrink back from a game six, even though it's kind of a do or die, it's a matter of how desperate the Dodgers are to kind of close this thing out. Isn't that kind of the, the, the mantra there is we want to end it in six, but usually the team that's facing elimination is uh, a little bit grittier and, and a little bit, uh, at least early on, and I think you're right on the point you made earlier, they need to score early and kind of relieve some of that tension because, you know, if they keep throwing zeros up, um, that game gets, you know, one nothing Dodgers. You start to really press and say, what do we – then everybody's trying to do too much. It's a difficult spot to be in. So I think you're right. If they can come out and score early in game six, they – that I would give them a good shot to win the game. The, the, the closer that game is where a team like the Brewers is going to really press is going to be more difficult. I would actually look at they, they were lucky to take game one with the way, you know, I think there is a little bit of reliance or there has been, especially from game one to game two. I mean, there's a pretty heavy reliance on Hayter. He's extremely good. But the rest of that bullpen hasn't been great. I know they're, you know, the, uh, they had a rough, uh, they've had rough games. It's here, hard, though. It's it, it, it's hard to kill them on that because, you know, they've not given – I mean, they played a 13-inning game where the night before right. where the, if, the, if the offense give them any, gives them anything, they're up three games to two. I mean, they're, 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 they're up three point. games. So they, they up three games. I mean, they, right. they just have not I – I think it lies solely on – there were some in-bats today. I mean, they got, they got a little fortunate with, uh, with the uh, Lorenzo Cain, um, you know, ground, ground rule double. If that ball doesn't – that ball stays in the ballpark – Ground rule doubles are, are lucky that way for pitchers. Um, yeah. that, that could have been a bigger that, that could have been a bigger inning for for the Brewers there. But I, but the rest of the game you gotta you know you gotta do something else in that right rest of that game. So we'll see what happens. The, the, the game six starters have not. I'm not seeing names there on MLB.com. So both teams are kind of probably looking over and see what see who the best guy is. Um, that's gonna be the 19th on Friday night because they gotta travel back to Milwaukee. So I'm sure Puig and and um, uh, Puig and company um, don't want to don't want to have to you know spend any more time in in Wisconsin than they have to. 
<laughs> I'm sure. I mean, like you want to talk about you want to talk about a fraud baseball player. He does nothing the entire series, and then he gets a single. And today he's going jumping up and down like he what? Like I just I just can't deal with that. I I will give I will give Bellinger credit. I thought Bellinger did it. Bellinger, who you you'll see a dramatic shift when he's on when he's at the plate. He had like kind of a half check swing where he was trying to hit the ball where the shortstop where the shortstop should have been, and them getting the base hit last night. Uh, and then and listen, I, I, I give the, the Dodgers credit. They are they've been you know six straight years in the playoffs, six straight years just rolling right through, and uh, they're getting some quality at bats when they really need it. I think one of the one of the best things for them that's that's been happening is they they sat down as Molly Grandel, who just does not do he's not doing anything for that team, and they yep. put in Barnes. Barnes has given Barnes gives you Barnes had a pivotal bases loaded walk in game two, and he had a, a single today, a go ahead single today to kind of put the Dodgers up in the ball game to help them, you know, help them help them become victorious um, and against the Brewers in game six. Brewers are Brewers are not dead yet. Um, they definitely are capable, 100% capable of winning winning game six. And forcing the game seven, it's almost we kind of would be fitting because both teams are pretty evenly matched. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Um, you guys fully, do you guys? I know you guys picked the Brewers. I picked the Dodgers to win the series. Do you guys? Does that change after seeing it? Do you think that there will be a little bit of a homecoming here for um, for the for the for the Brewers here and and get some home cooking and next thing you know get some cheese going and and they'll they'll end up um, winning um, game six and forcing the game seven. James, you can go first. Yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't seen anything that tells me the Brewers are going to win this series. Um, again, anything can happen. Um, I'm still going to go with the Brewers in seven on this, but they, they really need to come out swinging and, and flying. And, you know, the good news is, you know, Kershaw can't start, you know, probably isn't available to start on a game seven, but he would definitely be in the bullpen as all hands on deck, you know, you throw everyone out there in game seven. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but if the Brewers don't come out flying on um, on Friday night and, and those bats are still flat, then, you know, everything is the Dodgers' way. And, and the Dodgers, if the Dodgers don't wrap it up in six and it's the Brewers in seven, and I don't want to sound like a Francesco pick right there with that one, picking everyone possible, but um, that's how I'm seeing it right now. Um, Brewers win six. Put it this way, whoever takes game six is taking the series. Yeah, I think I think it's a tough. It is tough. I think it's I think it's I think it's I think it's, I think it's a fair. I think it's a fair way to put it, right? You know, whoever wins, whoever wins that game wins the series. Wins the series. I think the Dodgers. I, close, I think the Dodgers close it. I think the Dodgers probably close it on six. Bats are difficult. Yeah. They're probably pressing as it is. The Brewers, and I think that probably continues. Um, and it's I, tough just to turn on I, an offense. Just turn on offense. I mean, it's difficult. So. And I think that. Um, when I look at the the situation here, I think the more you see Hater, the more you see those big time arms they have in the bullpen. I think it gets a little easier to hit them. You know, I mean Hater is tough, but I, I've seen I've seen people getting better and better at bats against him. So you know, who knows? Um, we'll see what happens there. But I think the first couple of innings, you got to send the message immediately that hey, we'll see it. We'll see you in Game Seven. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You, I think it's Saturday night. We'll see you Saturday night. Um, Mike, after the, I'm sure that you're 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 far gone now, Mike, from the the Red Sox and Yankees series. Are you 
<laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's over now. I am. Um, yes, I yeah, am. The, the, yeah, so it's over. Um, I've got all my rats. I've caught up on my sleep and everything else. Yeah. Exactly. Um, are you – the Red Sox are up two games to one. They're up three yep. to one now. As uh, I think Xander, Xander Bogus just said I had an RBI double here. And they're – I mean, listen, they are they, – they're basically – I'm not sure if I'm, I'm surprised. I've seen them. We, 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 you've seen them play all year, but this is a team that you know they, they win 106 games, and and they are they are yep. probably the most versatile offensive unit in in the whole in the whole league because they can hit home runs, and they also can manufacture runs and steal bases and move runners along. That's what makes the Red Sox really dangerous here, and they're getting Alvaldi uh, and Priscilla are giving them uh, like you know Cy Young type performances in the playoffs. No, I'd agree with that. I think also the one area of weakness, if you came out of the Yankee series, the one area of weakness that the Red Sox really had, and it's the only thing we really mentioned, was the fact that their bullpen wasn't very strong. Um, and they, they showed it in the Yankee series that they had quite a few cracks. But the, I think after game one, I think they gave up, I think, four runs in five innings. After that, the next seven and a third, I, I was looking yesterday. So they've got seven and a third. Uh, for game game two and game three, seven and a third with one run, and with a, to go along with the starting pitch they've had, um, if the bullpen shores up for the Red Sox and they find kind of a combination of uh, of guys, which it looks like they have, um, they're really I mean you want to say impossible to beat, but they're really difficult to beat if they're hitting the way that they are and they they can field it they can they can run a little bit they can hit for power like you said and the starting pitching was already good if you already if you piece that together with a bullpen that's not going to give up any runs you've got a tough i mean you don't really have a lot of weaknesses to shoot at if you're the Astros so um Astros are by I mean could easily come back and win the series at this point though so I'm not not writing them off but the Red Sox keep pitching like that especially in the bullpen they're going to be really difficult to beat how vital is tonight's game for the Astros to, uh, tonight, James? Because let's—I mean, let's be honest. I mean, this is Red Sox go up three-one, go back to Fenway. Those, 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 those crazy New England fans are going to be going to be going nuts for the Federal Red Sox. The Red Sox are the number one team in Boston. Don't let anybody in Foxborough, um, you know, change your mind. It's 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 Boston. It's, it's the it's the Red Sox and Bruins who run that town and the Celtics. So the the, the Patriots are dead last. I'm sorry. But when it comes said, to I like that plenty of times, <laughs> yes, they are. It, 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 but you are you are one of the, you and my dad and some other people who actually know who Moisa Tupu is and who knows who um, Irving Fryer is and knows who um, you know Andre Tippett is. Like like those are the, those are the real fans. The guys who whose um, favorite player might be Troy Brown or Ty Law. Those aren't real Patriots. Those aren't real Patriot fans. Let's be real. Let's call it again. Willie McGinn. Willie McGinn. Oh, who, 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 who's your favorite? Pat Belichick. Yeah, okay, whatever. But um, yeah. <laughs> I, they're going to be that <clears throat> pitch is going to be insane. They love the Red Sox. This team is this, this team. This team has been phenomenal all year. Sale has had that little illness. He's been weak, but now Sale's going to go back home. Uh, he's resting up, and he could be sitting there waiting for a game six in a potential m- matchup where you have the you have um, Boston versus LA this time in baseball, not basketball. The, the the Dodgers do struggle heavily against left-handed pitching, and Sale and Price could be a real one-two punch that that um that can really that can really hurt the really hurt the Dodgers in the in the World Series if they if they got there. Um, thoughts on 
the the Red Sox and like the what's going on in, in Boston and also like the Astros. It's they're showing some. They'll win this game tonight. This 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 is going to be almost impossible for the for, for them to beat the Red Sox, right? Yeah, that's my feeling. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think the, the must-win team tonight is actually Boston. Um, Boston wins this series and goes up three games to one. Um, you know, and we know going into tonight's game that Sale is not pitching game five. And right there you give Houston the advantage in game five. So Boston wins this game up three to one. You know, it, it's all the pressure's on Houston to win tomorrow night. Again, because they'll be down three to one. But, you know, this is the must-win team tonight is the Red Sox. The Red Sox win this game, and they have Sale resting at home for a game six or seven, you know, very comfortable that way. I'd, I'd rather have Sale pitching a game six in which the Sox are up three to two instead of down three to two because then you're looking at a David Price um, starting game seven and, you know, maybe Valdi on short rest and, and don't fly Price back from Houston. Don't let him anywhere near Fenway Park. Um, you know, for a game six or a game seven and things are falling into play. So as much as Houston needs to win tonight, like this, this is bigger for the Red Sox. Um, you know, they don't want to go into tomorrow night two two, knowing sale is their game six starter. And it's quite possible he might not be available for game six and they'd have to save him for seven. So it changes the whole atmosphere, you know, whatever's going on with his illness. Um, you know, is there an illness? Or are they just giving him an extra day rest? by not pitching them in game five because they're up two games to one, you know, you know, we'll never know um, saving that arm and whatnot. But, you know, just thinking about it today is, you know, this is the game the Sox have to win. Um, and they win this and, you know, they're, they're just in the driver's seat in, in game five is really a, a, a no factor game for them because they have the better, you know, they'll have their better pitchers available for game six and seven. Yeah. Uh, and just watching the game here, Brakeman just, Runner at second base, he just made a great play diving in the hole to save a run. Uh, and the Red Sox are leading three games. I was, excuse me, leading um, two games to one in a series and three to one tonight. So, uh, great play by Brakeman, who just, you know, who's just, you know, he's. Yeah, I mean, every, I mean, it's almost, I mean, some of the plays that that him and that he and Correa make are just absolutely. You know, you just like, and you know, it's incredible. So I do think what the Astros are missing too is kind of that spark plug. You know, I mean, not having yeah. um, Altuve in the field. I know he's been DHing and stuff like that in the series. It's not really the same. He had a critical walk in in, in one of the games in, in 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 Houston, but that is a big issue for them. I mean, they really. I mean, they he is as as much as they they are talented everywhere. You look at the depth chart, they got talent every single place. But let's be honest, like he's the guy who really gets that team going. When he hits, it seems like it's a cascade of hits for everybody. So not having him, that injury was a, it's too bad for him because he's one of the one of the guys who you love to watch play uh in this series. How about Jackie Bradley Jr., a guy who's not known for his bat. He had a huge double um off the green monster and then the grand slam. Uh, and it's it's weird because when you watch, I want you guys to do this too. When you watch Jackie Bradley at the plate, you ever notice how his one of his bottom hand just comes off the bat at contact, like almost all the time, every single time. It's like the weirdest thing. It's just kind of something that you don't you don't want kids to do. And on the grand slam, yeah, it was just a reason he hits two thirty. By the way, also. yeah, probably, probably. But you know what? It, I noticed, I immediately noticed that two hands full swing on the bat. 
with the Grand Slam. So I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying those things are, are equated to each other. But, <laughs> let's, but, work but on, let's work on that. Let's work on yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, but I've never seen like I've never I've never seen a successful hitter like like break their hands apart from the bat on contact. He does it all the time. It's, it's just weird. But he definitely can play center field. And he, obviously, obviously, the big hits in this series are why one of the big reasons why the Red Sox are up uh, two games to um, two right, games to right, one here. One, and, one thing, right now, one thing you just said, the one thing that's uh, not underestimated, but if you if you're watching these games, it is very. You just mentioned it. It is so difficult to get a ball in the gap against the Red Sox. It's just and tough. Spe- they track every ball down. It is so yeah, tough to get a ball and down. And I believe. Yeah, and I believe um, we we just we just talked about George Springer being the home run king of the postseason, and he just Mr. Went October out. just did it again. <laughs> I mean, this guy is uh, he is so phenomenal in this spot. It's it's crazy to watch him do it. Um, Connecticut's own um, George Springer is it's been phenomenal, and I love seeing. I think to me when you see that opposite field home run, it also shows a tremendous power. And it just shows it just shows a great approach at the plate. You're not having that John Carlos Stanton approach in the playoffs. You're just you you, are, you see the ball in the outside part of the plate. Yeah, you, you, you drive it the other way, and uh, now it's a closer game. This this series is going to be. I, I kind of think I'm kind of leaning on you know maybe maybe seeing two um, two game sevens. That'd be kind of cool to see it. But um, we'll we'll see what happens in this series. Astros. What do you, James? You think they get back in it? You think, you think they can? You think they can? Um, you know, only down a run here. They, have, they obviously have the offense to do it. Are they going to be able to? Can they win this? Can they win this series? The Astros, yeah, yeah. Or will they I, win the series? You know, I have to say, will they? Will, will they, they win, win the series? series? Yeah. yeah I, um, again, I'm putting a lot on tonight. If if they win this game, they win the series. Um, no questions asked. Um, and again, I, I also have a feeling that if Boston wins tonight, I don't think the series gets back to Fenway Park. I, I think they, Ooh, they wrap it up wow. tomorrow. Um, you know, that, that's my feeling on, on how big tonight's game is. So, um, yeah, but yeah, three three, just like that. Um, Amazing. Nope, off the wall. Sorry <laughs> about that. That's my that's my John Sterling call on that one. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, Houston. This game is such, it's such a huge game tonight. It, it really is, especially especially on, on Boston's behalf. But I, I really feel that if the Sox win tonight, there's there's a very very good chance, and I'm almost confident saying it doesn't go back to Boston. Um, Houston wins tonight. They take tomorrow night. Also, um, you know, because it looks like they're going to have to throw Price tomorrow night, which you know. You know, Price is worse than Kershaw in the postseason. You know, and <laughs> amazingly, the the other the other night was the first time a, a game that David Price ever started in the postseason that the team won. So, think about that. Think about all the years he's been in the playoffs between Tampa Bay and um, and, and Detroit that year and everything. And, and still, that's the first time a team start won a game that he started. So, um, you know, that that's. Will Houston win the series? Yes. If they win tonight, they will win the series. It's interesting. Um, that double that was just like so close to going out, of course, was by um, um, Jose Altuve. And you're just, I mean, you're seeing, I mean, he he is so not himself running the bases. I mean, he just, he just, I mean, he almost got thrown out on the double as well. Ben Intendi, 
Benintendi can really play left field. I mean, he can. He can. Uh, his arm is. His arm is pretty. His arm is pretty good. So, you know, he's not. He's not. You know, he's he's, he's special out there. So, the Boston. The Boston almost got him at second base. So, um, they got to they, somehow, some way, they got to keep Altuve in the in the ball game because they, they they really need him. So, yeah, it's good to see him. Good to see him try to fight back and be tough um, and hustle. Um, he actually hustled, um, unlike um, you know. A, a, some guy in LA who says he's not gonna hustle. He's not about that hustle life when he plays. He's not Johnny Hustle. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Interesting comments by a guy who's going into free agency. That should be that should be interesting. <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty interesting to hear. To that hear was, a career player. Screaming. That was just his agent yeah, screaming. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. And I, what I like about seven game series. And uh, about seven game, yeah, yeah, seven game series. What I like about seven game series is you have teams here who, as the series goes on, it's not like the regular season where you can where it's three and you're done or four and you're done. We'll see you uh, four months from now. These teams are especially with especially in the Dodger Brewer and the Dodgers um, Brewer series. You're seeing teams who start not, not to like each other. Like you know, I, yeah. I, I never even heard sure. I never heard Yelich is going back at. Uh, you, Yelich is going back at Dodger players. Um, Machado is not, you know, Machado is not well liked. You know, he, you know, a dirty slide maybe. We're going back and forth with with the team. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, at, if you get to a game seven. But I, I do think there's going to be some some finger pointing, some you know, trash talking and everything like that. Kind of like you know, some NBA style here, old school NBA here with, with these teams because 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 you play. You play somebody enough times, you're gonna you're gonna be annoyed with with seeing their faces, and I think the, the I think the Brewers and Dodgers are are gonna be in that place. Um, anything Dwayne, else you want to talk about? Dwayne. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, one one last point. You know what's obvious? It's obvious that the other teams, to me, the other teams that were eliminated, including the Yankees, when you look at these games and you watch the quality of the play, not just not just hitting, not just you know necessarily one facet of the game, but you look at the defense, you look at how teams are playing outfield, how they how they're turning double plays that are kind of unusual, how they just everything that 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 is encompassing of the game, even the small things, the teams who got eliminated, they're not on the level of these four teams, in my opinion. I mean they're just there's a quality of play is just phenomenal from from what I'm seeing. And I know everybody kind of raises their play, but it looks to me Teams that have, that have been have been eliminated. They weren't able to get to this level. It's awesome to see kind of everybody raise their their, their level of play in every facet. It's awesome. Yeah. So we got a lot of things going on today. Um, I think all four sports are in play right now, right? All four major, all four North American yep. major major sports are are all playing at the same time. So that's always a good thing. We'll have. We can't wait to hear what James has to say about the early season in hockey. Um, also, we're in a situation here in my favorite, my favorite position in baseball. Runner at second base, nobody out. Marwin Gonzalez is at the plate. Can you move the runner over? Can you move him over? In a one-run game. In a one-run one one run game. game. Is that, you know, can, you, can you move him over? We'll see what happens. So we'll take a quick break here on the Put On Waivers podcast, and we'll come back and talk about the NFL and week six. When it comes to your heart, every second counts which is why Palomar Health's nationally recognized heart and vascular center provides award-winning care close to home. Here you will find an expert team to help you and those you love live longer and healthier lives. We know the most precious moments of life are felt with the heart, and caring for yours is our passion. 
To learn more or find a doctor near you, visit palomarhealth.org. We are Palomar Health. Passion. People. Purpose. Back on the Put On Waivers podcast. Quick water break, and we are back. Um, of course, Mormon, Mormon Gonzalez, the, the, the situation I just, I, just, I just talked about. Runner at second base, nobody out. He could not move the runner over. Could not do it over. Could not do it. <laughs> one, more, one more ball. It's amazing how the – it's amazing how – Players can't do that. It's amazing. I just saw uh, he, he flew out the right field. I just saw um, Mookie Betts' arm. And I never know. I mean, he's fast. We know all that. But, like, he's Luis, dude. I mean, the, the, the Red Sox have the, best, they have the best defensive outfield in all of baseball. I mean, that defensive outfield is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, like, and, and the two guys on the corners allow the Red Sox to play somebody like Jackie Bradley Jr., who doesn't really have a high batting average, but it's having a great playoff, so. Wow, unbelievable. Um, NFL time now. And the track meet that took place on Sunday Night Football. I'm sure everybody at NBC and, uh, and loved that. I'm kind of a fan of the game being a little bit slower. I mean, when, when, a game, when a game gets to the, I, I don't mind a game in the 30s, but once the game gets to the 40s, that's kind of like I'm watching, you know, Big, big 12 football, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's really not that fun. But um, our... For all things Patriots, I always talk to Mr. James Amato, always have. So what are your thoughts on the Patriots? They were able to win a, win a tight game there. The, both teams have tremendous offensive weapons when you add Gordon in and now, you know, Terry Kill, uh, Hunt is a tremendous running back, um, Kelsey and Gronk. I mean, it's just, it just starts with a, a cast of characters on both sides. So you can probably see these teams play again in the AFC Championship game. How big of a win was that for the Patriots, James? Well, it was a big win. It, you know, I'll admit it was an unexpected win for, for me, um, the way the Chiefs have handled the Patriots in the regular season the last couple of times they've played. Um, you know, they, they looked really good. Um, the Patriots looked really good the first half. The second half was really all Chiefs. I think the Chiefs outplayed them. Um, I think that could have been one of those games where um, if, if the Patriots were facing a, a fourth and one from their own 45-yard late, um, in the game that Belichick would have gone for it because he didn't want to, he knew that they couldn't stop Kansas city at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they look good. And, you know, my feeling was as soon as I saw the play, I, I thought that the, the defensive player gave up on Brady because he didn't want to take the penalty, especially with the, the way Brady broke right out of, out of his grasp. Um, you know, and, and that's what we're seeing. We've, you know, that's the first time we've seen it this year, um, but, but Brady and Gronk, they just, they just look, you know, uh, like they, they look really, really good together. And, and that's kind of scary. Um, you know, we, we joked around, we talk a lot, the Pats are going to get their 12 wins. They're going to default to win the division. Um, but they're they're They look a lot better than I thought they were going to be this year. I actually thought this would be their down year. And, and here we go six games into the season and they're four and two. Once again, like they seem to be every point of, of every season in, in after game six. So, um, yeah, Josh Gordon is holding his own. He, he's he's drinking the the Patriots juice. Um, he's on board. You know, Brady's taking him under his wing, and 
he's he's listening to Brady. So you know, hopefully we get some some years out of him. I you know, a couple of years ago, Gordon was one of my top players on my fantasy team. Um, there was a year whether or not they weren't sure to get suspended, and, and I took him, and he ended up playing the whole season and won quite a few games for me. And and he's you know he's been impactful there. Uh, but Gronk was the story, you know, as good as Tariq Hill was in that game, um, Gronk was on fire. Um, Gronk just looked unstoppable. And it was almost like his first game of the year where he just really poured it all on. Like he just took the team on his shoulders with some big catches and it's a big yards after the catch, as a matter of fact, and getting some extra yards with some big hits on the, uh, on the defensive players trying to stop him. Yeah. Um, as uh, Josh Reddick just ties the game up here, 3-3 now with a two-out base hit because the other two guys couldn't get it done. Uh, but he did a great job. He hit it in the perfect spot because Altuve is limping around the bases, no question about it. But I, I, the Patriots, I, I just, that that team is the, – the amount of speed. I think as much as Al Davis hated the Chiefs, Al Davis loved speed. And he would he would die he he would give anything to come back and have that team and and have a team with that kind of speed. I mean, there's not a single player. I mean, who, who's the slowest guy on the team, Mike? Um, Sammy Watkins? Like, I mean, they had the slowest receiver. I mean, it's uh, it really is unbelievable how much speed they put on the field. And uh, when you put uh, you know when you everybody knows everybody knows you can bump and run um, within the first five yards, but when you put a receiver in the slot especially a guy like Tariq Hill, he is making world-class athletes at safety look like they're you and I running to, to chase them. It's unbelievable how, uh, how um, this Kansas City offense is. I mean, they, are, they have an opportunity here to really, you know, if, if the Pats um, slip up and, and don't get the home field, they can have home field throughout because they're, they're that good offensively, even though they're terrible defensively. Right, Mike? They are. You know, I would, I would actually – it's tough, you know, to, to say the Patriots are, like, bad defensively. I mean, they, they actually forced a couple turnovers, which has been difficult uh, for teams to do against Mahomes. But at the same time – And still – And still – It, it, it looks like the Big 12. Ty, Tyreek – They literally scored in two plays. And Tyreek Hill, they actually had him somewhat surrounded on that last touchdown – he catches and at one step he turns around and no one has no one has a chance no one even had a chance it was crazy uh, and in the, the long play just big play after big play I think one of the big keys to this game the, the Patriots to me look different um, they look actually a little bit more like they would when they had a little bit stronger I mean they ran for almost 180 yards um, on the on the ground so I mean they they threw for five four I mean 340 but they really did some work on the ground. Um, and I think that was a, a big key as well for them. Um, I think that the, the big thing in, uh, before this game, you take the over. I think the over was right around 60. And I think everybody should have taken the over if you're a betting, if you're a betting man uh, before this game. But tough to, you know, if you, if, you, if you put that game in Kansas City in the playoffs, I mean, I'd be scared to find out how many points the, the, the Chiefs might score. I mean, especially if he has a, a whole season under his belt. Um, I don't know if – I think there might be a different result. I think home field can be huge, like you mentioned. I think a home team in that case wins that game. Um, although we're talking about a Kansas City Chiefs organization that has lost their fair share of home playoff games, but this team is different. I, can't, I mean, I can't – yeah, the, 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 this team is different. I think it's very – I think it's vital. Not. I think it's vital for them – 
when they make the playoffs because unless Mahomes get hurt, unless, unless yeah. Mahomes gets hurt, they're gonna make the playoffs. For them, yeah. I think it's important for them to absolutely smash the first opponent. I don't want no field goal, nothing like show that this is a different Kansas City team and go out there and smash their first, their first playoff opponent. And we'll talk about uh, week seven coming up. Because let's be honest, they, they, there's not there's probably there's one of the few weeks in the NFL where there's not a bad game on the schedule. It is tremendous the um, the upcoming week and, and uh, upcoming week. But we're gonna still review this week right here. Giants Falcons. Uh, not the hottest game out there. Yes. Well, yeah. Yes. You found the one game. You found the one game. Thank you. And it's your team. You know that's what I do. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. So, uh, the, the, the the Pats, the Pats, um, the Pats and and Chiefs uh, were Pats Chiefs was a great game as it you know as it was this year. So we'll see what happens there. The past years has been the, it's been the, um, the, the Chiefs trouncing the Patriots, but this time the Pats come right back and uh, and get that victory. Gronk late. Um, what, what else is new? You know, what else can you do? Else can you do? And now that now now teams can't really double. You saw the game against Detroit where the, where you could double team Gronk. Good luck with that now. Uh, with Edelman back. With um, Hogan, yep. with uh, with Gordon, I mean those guys are. I mean, it, it, they they got some weapons now. So we'll see what happens with the Patriots and the Chiefs going down the road. Uh, let's go to let's go to Miami. We talked about this game last week and we said, hey, uh, who's for real? Who's not for real? Like you know, this game I I gotta give. And this is my if I could do a a, a coach of the week or play caller of the week, I give it to Adam Gase. I mean, he loses his quarterback and his quarterback, whether you like Ryan, Ryan Tannehill or not. I think his record is like something like 17 and six with Gase and Tannehill together. So whatever, whatever they do, it works, right? They come into this game. He's not playing. And Brock Osweiler is playing against the vaunted Chicago bear defense. And maybe this was a reenactment of, you know, the 85 bears when he went to Miami, but they couldn't take the heat in this one. Right. So I give them a lot of credit in this game. They, he moved the pocket. He did a lot of creative things to get uh, some screen passes, to get um, Albert Wilson involved, that wide receiver. Um, Drake had a good game. Um, also, you, you had um, Frank Gore had some flashback runs in this ball game, James. And they really did a great job of negating Khalil Mack in that pass rush. And they were able to come out and win this game in, 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 in overtime. I, you know, the, 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 I don't know where the Dolphins are going to be at the end of the season, but I think if they ever can get consistent, like a real quarterback in that spot, I'm not sure about Tannehill, James. But I think they have a coach. I think I think he's a really good offensive play caller. I mean, to be able to beat the Bears in that spot is a, is a you know, especially the Bears coming off of a bye week, is even is even more impressive. Yeah, that, that was a that was a very impressive win for the Dolphins. Gates is obviously he's a good coach. Um, you know, they they didn't have a, a bad year last year. You just have to be in the the AFC East. They had some you know weird losses, but this is one of those games where. If you have a reason to no longer like the NFL because you you just don't know anymore, this is one of those games, you know, where you kind of – the people have those conspiracy theories that, that games are fixed and the league is fixed and they know who's going to win the championship. This is, this is one of those games, you know, where, the, where those people have their proof. You know, the Bears are on fire. Their defense was shutting people down. Um, you know, coming off a of bye week, there's no way – you know, they're giving up more than 14 points in Miami, let alone losing that game, you know, and, and they get, end up giving up, you know, 30 and and whatnot and, and just look horrible in doing it and don't look like the same team. So um, kudos to Miami and the play calling and, and Gase on this one. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those games where you just sit back and the good old days of the NFL where you knew which team was going to win every single week. <laughs> so hold on one second, because you opened up you opened up a can of worms, and I have a good friend from from Eastern Connecticut State University who I'm still good friends with, who argues the point with me every week that football is fixed. So he texts me that football is fixed, and I text him back say I text him back and say hey. You're a Rams fan. Your team is 6-0. and You're probably going to the Super Bowl. You've seen your team win a Super Bowl. Please stop complaining about this. So, I, in my mind, in, in my mind, I see plays and I see outcomes that I question. My point is this about, about it, and James, I want to hear your, I want to hear your, hear your rebuttal on this, is if let's just say the NFL is doing everything by the book, we know how much money they're making. Why? What would be the benefit of them fixing outcomes of games? Oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying they are. It's just one of those games where you know these people with the conspiracy theories, um, you know, these are the games where they have their points where everything just looks that much heavy for Chicago. But you know. Yeah, um, what could be the benefit? Um, interest in the game, um, attendance, you know, maybe there's behind-the-door dealings with Vegas on all the betting and gambling and, and, and swaying money and moving money around. Um, you know, and I'm sure your your buddy who's a Rams fan, his conspiracy on the Rams is, is that, you know, there's the attendance is not good in L.A. L.A. has never supported a team, so – the NFL needs a, a really good team to win the Super Bowl to get interest back in LA football. So that's why the Rams are winning it's all not these that. games. You know, that's that's the fix there. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's not that. But yeah, but 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 it's not that the, the roster is absolutely loaded, right? It's not that. It is. I no, it's it's, it's definitely not that. But it's you know, if anything, if there was if there was any reason, and again, I, I am not a conspiracy theory. You know, I don't think sports are fixed. Um, yeah, there are odd plays and odd calls and, and, and you can question stuff like that. Um, if, there, if they had any reason to fix it, it would be to drive attendance because on any given Sunday, a team can upset another team and, and win a game. See, and, and, like, and, like, and Mike, I'm not sure what game you had in, in Carolina this week. I, I am lucky enough to share the NFL ticket with a friend of mine, so with, with that same with my same friend, Ray, so I, will, I, I can watch – Every game, and I can just, I can just flip back and forth. So I got stuck on the Bear game because I was just the way they really moved the football. It made me think that and, 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 kind of. I watched the Bears and like they really their secondary is their weakness. So as long as you can run it just a little bit against them and spread them out, make them make them defend you know every blade of grass as far as going side to side and going deep, I think that's the weakness of the Bears. They really don't – I mean, the pass rush is great, but you can negate it. You can – you can, you can, um, with quick passes and occasionally throwing the ball down the field, you can negate some of those um, – some of those um, uh, Khalil Mack and, you know, that whole defensive line um, rushing the quarterback. Uh, and I think Adam Gates and the, I think Adam Gates and Oswald did a really good job. Oswald didn't even get touched in that game, and it's because they really just did a good job. And Laramie Tunsil, you know – he was doing the smoke, he was doing the Snoop Dogg smoking weed every day. Um, the Giants, the Giants, the Giants, the Giants, the, the, your Giants saw that video and said, "Hell no!" Right? 
<laughs> and how bad how bad is that offensive line? How bad is it the Giants didn't take Laramie Tunsil? Because he's been playing pretty well for the for the uh, for the Dolphins. The starts on the Bears and the defense it, it's a it's a good one, but I think it's I think it's it's, it's a front seven kind of heavy. That back the, the guys in the secondary can be exploited, and I think they were exploited in this game because one thing about the Dolphins they do have speed at wide receiver. Yeah, they, they actually, you know, look at the Dolphins roster. They, they have weapons on offense. I mean, even guys like Kenny Stills, Kenyon Kenny Drake is even and not on the outside, but as a runner, as a runner, has is, is got some explosiveness if he's not fumbling at the goal line. Um, you know, the funny part, I mean, think about this. Frank, I mean, I, I was going to make a joke earlier. Frank Gore actually might have, his rookie year, might have played against the 85 Bears. Um, he's been playing so long. He had 101 yards, Frank Gore did. I mean, uh, and, and it was a good yard per carry. He only carried the ball 15 times. So it's, it's insane that that guy with, with nobody betting on any running back past the age of 29, and he's still going. It's crazy. But they have a lot of weapons on offense. Um, and, and I'm with you guys. There are some games that make you look sideways at football, like the Bills earlier in the year, the Bills-Vikings. The games go, that doesn't look right. But but I try not to think about it because it'll ruin it for me. So I'm like, you know what? What I don't know won't won't hurt me. But um, the Bears, isn't it the same even with, with great defenses who have great front sevens? If you don't get to the quarterback, it absolutely can make you susceptible if you don't have guys who can cover. Just like if you get to the quarterback, it can make up the difference if you have guys who can't cover. Um, you know, as old Giants teams, the Giants have never really had great cover corners, but usually the pressure that they could put on a quarterback could cover that. So um, I'm with you in that I don't know. I would also, as far as weaknesses for the Bears, if you can, I I still think push comes to shove, if you can put some pressure on Trubisky and make him put the ball down the field in the air. I know he's played well the last couple weeks. I think he's going to give the ball back to you. If you make him throw, throw the ball down the field. I think he'll give it back. And so. I and I think and I, I think that their head coach is a good. I think Matt Nagy is he's cut from the same cloth as Andy Reid. You're going to see a lot of window dressing at, at the at the you know at the line of scrimmage. People in motion, people doing all these different things. But at the end of the day, and they have skill position players. They have uh, Gabriel um, and Allen Robinson. It's a good wide receiver. They got um, Trey yep. Burton from the Trey Burton from the Eagles. I love their combination in, in the backfield with Howard and Cohen. That's a you know that's a thunder and lightning kind of um, backfield there. But let's be honest, they still have, and this is why this is the one. This is the one. This is the, and John Gruden has been horrible in every in every in every aspect of it. But uh, every aspect of of building this Raider team. Um, but the one the one reason why he traded the Khalil Mack to the Bears is because number one, the Bears were willing to give up the two first round bad draft picks. But he didn't trade them to the Rams, who were trying to give them those same draft picks because the Rams were going to be better. And, and and they have a, and, and and they have a better quarterback. I mean, Trubisky is not the quarterback that you. And I would love. I can't. This is a big, the big. This is a big test this week, and we'll talk about it in a little bit when they when the Patriots go to Chicago, which is going to be a fab. That is a wonderful. That's a fabulous game. I can't wait to see how that game play, um, plays out. But this could be. So, uh, you know, go ahead. Just just one more thing on the NFL. So. You know, here's why you can't trust the NFL. For the past 50 years, they've been telling us that Dallas, Texas is on the East Coast. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's why you have to question anything the NFL presents to you. <laughs> question everything. Question everything. 
Why, why are they in that division? Please explain that to me. Why are they in that division? Why are they in a division with, with, the, with the Eagles, the Giants? I, I, just don't, I, don't, I don't, and the Redskins. Why? Why? It, makes, it drives me, I mean, like, I don't really care, like, whatever, traditional, traditional rivalries, but geographically. You can't get rid of them now. You can't get rid of them now. Geographically, how do you explain to your, how, you, how do you explain to your children when they see the standings, and it says, and it says East, and it's the Dallas, and Dallas is there. And, you, and, you, and, your, and, your, and your children are going to wake up, Mike, and say, hey, Dad, can we just drive to Dallas? It's East. Yeah. No, you can't. Right Speaking, down the coast. Let's just go right down the coast. The coast. To exactly. <laughs> Speaking of those of those Redskins, everybody knows. Everybody knows by now that uh, I am a person who has. I have my picks for making the playoffs this year. Two teams who didn't make it last year who are going to make it this year. The Redskins are one of them, and the Bengals are another. And the Redskins came back as I thought they would against the Panthers. Um, and win and win that game, um, twenty seven, twenty three to seventeen. Uh, you know, it was like old times for for um, for Alex Smith throwing throwing bombs to uh, Vernon Davis. Uh, James, thoughts about this game where you know the Redskins came back and were able to fight back and um, you know get back on the winning side, beat the Panthers. Yeah, it was a nice bounce back, nice bounce back game for the Redskins. Um... They looked they looked really good out there. Looked out, you know, looked like a, you know, looked like the team we talked about in in the preseason, a team that we you know could surprise and win that division. You know, I think we, you know, we we all kind of felt that they they had a good shot at making the playoffs. You you pretty much guaranteed it, or did guarantee it. So, yeah, they, you know, that was a classic case of of Alex Smith football. You know, as bad as they looked the week before, they they looked that much you know, that much in tune with be, with being the team they we thought they were, you know, um to, to steal from from uh, the great Dennis uh Dennis, what's his name, who used to coach the the Cardinals. That's the team we thought they were. Um they they looked uh yeah, they they looked really good. It was a nice bounce back game. Um that division's wide open um still and um you know it, it was a make or break week for them and I was I was quite impressed with that win. Like you said, Alex Smith was it was vintage Alex Smith. I mean, just just short passing game, getting things done. Um, and of course, I'm lucky enough to have the wrong Gruden coach in my team. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on the Redskins? I know, I know you love them so much. You know my uh, thoughts. <laughs> you know my thoughts. I, I I don't like this team at all. Uh, and and I, they still haven't sold me in a, in a, in the day and age where quarterbacks like by accident throw for 230, 240 yards. Alex Smith has a stellar day of throwing for 163 yards. Um, it's just, it doesn't fit. I know they're playing, they're playing okay. I'm not saying they're a terrible team or anything like that. I don't think they're a playoff team. Or they're a playoff team in a bad league. I mean, it, to me, a very mediocre, it's a very mediocre team to me. Um, Adrian Peterson is playing well. Um Seems like, I mean, holy cow! He looks like he had his leg taken off the week before, separated his shoulder, and then he's he's back and he's, he took the ball 17 times last week. It's, it's amazing. He's like a robot. It's really strange. I mean, he he looked the, the week before he hyperextended his knee to the point, and most guys are like carted off, and he's back the next week. It's crazy. 
they played well. Don't get me wrong. And they, they took a commanding lead early in the game. They go up 17-6 at the half. They were up by a couple touchdowns after the first quarter. So um, team has a surprising defense. They have some playmakers on defense. So um, there is some attitude there. I like on defense. I, I just I know he's consistent. I, I don't. I, it's not like I can't stand out Smith, but he is what he is. He's a 100, 150 to 200 yard passing guy, especially with a team with not a lot of weapons on offense, which is what they are. Um, if, again, if it, they're, they're surprising me, but the week before they looked horrible. So it's, uh, uh, they haven't really shown me anything other than last week was a, was a pretty good win off a, a pretty good team. And they have the same record as the Vikings, two quarterbacks who got traded for each other. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there um, as the Redskins battle back. My other team uh, the Bengals kind of took, a, took one on the chin, had a fourth-quarter lead, and blew it to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers have – I mean, listen, the Steelers, if the Steelers were coached better, I think they would be you know, probably one of the, one, one of the, one of the um, best offensive teams in football. Um, I think they have potential to be with the Patriots and, and Chiefs, but, they're, but, they're, but they've shown that they've been a notch below. They got killed by the Chiefs earlier this year. And then we all know that they avoid the Patriots like the plague. So, and they can't beat the Patriots because they, you know, they just don't know how to do that or be, be or even be competitive against the Patriots. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I think one thing I want to talk about too um, with you, James, is that talk about two really good number two receivers. Like I, th- I think my favorite number two receiver of all time was like John Taylor. John Taylor was like the perfect compliment to Jerry Rice. And it looks like Boyd is the, Perfect compliment to AJ Green and and Smith Schuster. <laughs> I don't know how. That's the one thing Pittsburgh does right is as Jazz wide receivers. He's been a he's been a great compliment to Antonio Brown. And some in some days looks like he's the number one receiver period on that team. Thoughts about those two guys um, with the with the um, with the two number two receivers on the Steelers and the Bengals. Yeah, I mean they. they... You know, that's a lot of talent right there. You know, the Bengals were waiting for a while to get a number two behind A.J. Green. A.J. Green was carrying them. Um, I I think he's that player. You know, we mentioned that every Bengal-Steeler game comes down to a stupid Bengal penalty or a stupid play on defense, and and that's really what this game came down to, too. But, you know, you know know Smith is having a good game for the Steelers when Brown is moping around on the sidelines and, and um, you know, obviously impacts his play. Um, but yeah, you know, Juju Smith, he's, you know, he really, he really came out in the regular season game against the Patriots last year. That's, that's where I, you really saw the talent when I watched that game, how big he was in that game. And, and Brown was pretty much a non-factor. And of course, Brown did get hurt in that game. So that's taking a thing away from Brown, but um, you know, that was in the second half when he got hurt. Um, but yeah, the Steelers just draft wide receivers. Like, you know, you, you think of, you think of Pittsburgh and you think of defense, you think of the steel curtain, um, you know, but in, in that time, since really since the seventies, they, they've had some incredible receivers on that team and not just one, they, you know, even in the years of, you know, to be that good, that deep receiver wise in the salary cap years, you know, to be almost, if not better than, than what they had back in the day when it came down to Stallworth and, and Lynn Swan when, no, when there was no salary cap. Um, it, it's just something they've historically done. Um, and, you know, it's where they find these receivers, I'll never know. Cause they, you know, they, they, they 
have some kind of scouting that just finds these guys. Um, I'm always impressed with the receivers. They always have someone who's a deep threat. And, um, yeah, um, those, those are two two solid receiving core teams that went up against each other. And it's a, it's a shame that always comes down to, like, that one stupid defensive play to blow up for the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you, have, you also have um, the Mixon. And then you have uh, Connor at running back as well. Both of those guys are really shifty. They can do a lot of different things. They have speed when they need to. They have power when they have, when they have to have it as well. So uh, thoughts about the, the Steelers and Bengals going forward now. Who do you like as far as that division goes? And you also have the, you also have the Ravens sitting there too as well, who just come in fresh off of a shutout of, shut of Tennessee. That's funny. As James was talking, I was going to get on and, and, uh, and say Le'Veon Connor had a great game. Uh, James Conner played well. I mean, he played he played great. I don't think he skipped a beat. I, I know the the one uh, maybe the upside for the Steelers is they may have Le'Veon Bell coming in. No one really knows yet, um, unless he reported today, and I wasn't aware of it. But it didn't seem last I heard he wasn't yet reported yet. So um, I, I like both guys. Mixon's just a matter. He had a little bit of a health issue, um, and he has looked very good this year for them. I think the story for the the Bengals have been the consistency of Dalton played well this year, and they with uh, with Boyd kind of offering uh, uh, another option there um, instead of AJ Green um, is, is also they've got some additional speed on offense as well with Ross. Um, they just have to stay healthy, I think. The Bengals and the, the one problem you said earlier, the Pittsburgh just try to avoid the Patriots. Pittsburgh usually fares pretty well against the Bengals lately um, over the last few years, so. I think it's a team they like facing. So it's not a good matchup necessarily for the Bengals. If they could avoid the Steelers as much as possible when they get to the playoffs, it'll be good. But I like both teams. I do. I think the Steelers will get a boost. It'll be interesting to see if they balance Connor with Le'Veon Bell at all when he does come back or whether it'll be just Connor going to the bench. Uh, but he certainly has had a lot of success for somebody who uh, who is just going to be a backup. So uh, I don't know how that's going to work. But it'll be interesting also in the locker room. If, if Bell comes back and he causes some problems, that, that team doesn't, it doesn't take too much to cause more drama in that team. That might be one of the differences between the two teams also. Yeah, I, I, when I'm looking at this team, I'm saying to myself, you know, I think they're going to do the right thing here. And I think what they're going to do is ride Connor the whole year, treat him like he's a number one back because he is a number one back on that team. And they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything with uh, with with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, they're gonna sit there. You don't think Bell's gonna play? If he comes back, why would you play, like like if, I mean, just you gotta pay him, right? But what if he like can you does he have any trade value if you if he breaks if he breaks his leg or if he tears his ACL? Well, he he, he it, can't be a, a football player. Or, or is if he's healthy and you don't play? I don't, him, I don't care. I don't care about who's a better player. Their production's the same. The okay. production's there. The, 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 the production's there. And sometimes you've got to sacrifice that for continuity on a football team. Like, you know, I mean, he, they love that kid. They love that kid. If he stays healthy, the only thing, the only thing that could, like, really screw this whole thing up for the, for the, uh, for the um, Pittsburgh Steelers here is if Connor got hurt. If Connor got hurt, then you're, come, you're, you're, you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Uh, Big Ben's not getting any younger. That's where they're in a tough spot. Then, then they got to say, hey, you know what? We kind of have to play him. But I'm not playing that guy. For what? Does Le'Veon Bell? Does Le'Veon Bell? Does the 
stock for Le'Veon Bell or his positioning drops every time they win a game. Does it not? Yeah, I mean, if they beat, I mean, they got they got their behinds whooped by the Ravens. The Ravens did a great job against them. But I mean, if they if they keep winning games and they win the division, and if they come back and win this division, which they I mean, which the Pittsburgh Steelers have owned this division, so they they probably they most certainly can't win it. I'm not sure if you trust Flacco and company, um, but if they win this game, I mean, hey, you know, you never know. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I think they're looking to trade him. I'm not thinking looking to trade him, but I don't know if how many how many teams are going to offer it because if you trade for him, you have to give him that big contract, and I don't know who's going to give big a big contract to. To that team, I think what the Patriots are doing with the running back situation is what you should do. They're going to ride Sony Sony Michelle for four years, and Sony Michelle once they, once he puts up nice numbers, they're going to say, "Listen, man, it's been great. See you later. <laughs> See you That's later." That's the Patriot That's way, though. That's the Patriot way. But I mean, anyway. to yeah. me, it's a running. I think it's a running. It's a running back way as well. I think I think you have to get what you need to get out of. Um, you. W- w- you got to get whatever you can out of the first contract. And, and there, there, there are going to be some core players who you sign in the second contract. And with the, with the, with the, the way the Patriots do it, nobody ever gets a third. So, except for, uh, unless you're Gronk. Gronk is the only, one, only guy who got a third contract. So, we'll see what happens there. Um, Eagles, Giants. And I'm only talking about this because I just felt like, as, as wonderful, th- this is basically how I thought it would play out. I thought that Saquon Barkley would have magic in those in those cleats, and he would he would do some Gale Sayers type stuff, and he would do some you know Barry Sanders type stuff. But the Giants wouldn't be able to reap the benefits of it. Um, some of those some of those um, the effort in the in the secondary, some of these plays where they're just not tackling people is just talk about taking a business decision. Oh my God, it was just it was embarrassing. Some of these tack- the efforts tackling. In, in this in, in this game against the Eagles, but the Eagles kind of solidified themselves, uh, Mike, as you know. And what are your I mean, what are your thoughts now as going forward with, you know, the owner coming out and saying, hey, uh, old you know Odell, please shut your mouth and just play more. Should they have known? I mean, uh, you know, should they have is, known? You know, should they have known? Should they have known that? Um, with thoughts on the Giants oh my God. here. Whole thing with Odell Beckham and 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 this is going to be a mess now going in. I, I listen. I'm in the same pot of one and five as you. So, uh, what, I, <laughs> what are your thoughts? I'll reiterate the. I'll reiterate the fact. I think Barkley is proving he was far and away the best player in the draft, in my opinion. So I'm fine with him taking Barkley because I don't think, I don't think the, the Giants are going to be in the same situation again. Long term, they're going to get one of the top one or two quarterbacks in the draft this year. Um, and so I don't, they're, they're going to be positioned that way. And so they're going to end up with a top five quarterback and Barkley, uh, which in the long term, they weren't going to win a Super Bowl this year or anything anyway. So I, I'm, I'm fine with that looking at it now. I really am. The, the Beckham thing, I mean, we were talking about this months ago. Or we, me and James, I think you might have been saying the same thing. We were on here saying trade him uh, or if you sign him, it's going to be a mess. Because this is he's proved who he is. You know, he doesn't get it. He, he's, a, he's the worst kind of athlete because he's incredible and he thinks he knows everything. He thinks he knows how to be a leader. He thinks, that, and so he, all the time he thinks he's right. He doesn't listen to anybody. That's the worst type of person. 
to have a leading is trying to lead a team. A guy who's trying to lead them who's not a leader. And I, I didn't want them to sign him in the first place. I think it's going to be a mess, and I think they already regret it. I think they already do. And so it'll be a mess. Maybe they can trade him. I, I don't think he's going to get it because he just doesn't get it. I mean, unless he has a huge 180 turnaround, um, it could be a mess. But I, I still love the Barkley pick because I think they're going to end up with a top quarterback next year uh, out of the draft. Uh, I don't know what that was, but um, I you know you got you got the kid out of Oregon, you got the you got some you got um you got uh, the, uh, kid out of, so you got a kid out of Missouri, so you got some you got some prospects there. I am going to make an offer for you. Okay. Okay. I won't even. I'm not going to ask for a receiver. one. We're going to swap wide No, I'm going to say. Would you, rather than drafting a quarterback, would you, for, let me get a player and a conditional six-round pick, and then a two, give me a two in next year's draft, your two in next year's draft, for Derek Carr? So a player, a sixth-round pick for this year, and a second-round pick for next year for Derek Carr. Yeah. Would it be – do you think, think it would I be might, easier? It depends, depends on the – again, you, it depends on the quarterback you, coming out. Would you, quarterback. Ra- would you rather try to resurrect him the way – resurrect him the way that um, Bruce Arians resurrected Carson Palmer? Or would you try to – would you rather go with a go, – go, go, go do what the Jets did – and go out there and get a number one get number one um, um, quarterback in the draft. I, I think Carl, I, it's an attractive prospect. The only issue is comparing him with Carson Palmer. I think Carson Palmer was a, a more accomplished quarterback pro, with the Bengals than Carr has been with the Raiders. I mean, you're talking talking maybe a year or two where he was where he was good. Where Carson Palmer was was very good for for some years. But it's it's an attractive prospect. Except, put it this way, if you have the, the quality of quarterback out of the draft from this past year where nobody's really 100% certain on any of them, they, you know, there's not a lockdown top guys from Andrew, Andrew Buck or anything like that, then it becomes more attractive to use the second pick or third pick wherever they end up um, on somebody else while bringing Carr in. I think it's possible. The only thing is if you tried to do it with Manning and you can't, you, you flop, if you try to do it again, everybody's fired if it doesn't work, I mean, at that point. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back, and we're going to talk about uh, week seven. Got some great games, except for what game, Mike? The Falcons and Giants. Um, so we'll, be right, we'll, we'll be right back. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be right back after this. You thought the Lakers had a big game, James? Wait till you hear our guy, James Amato, on the Put On Waivers podcast. Back on the Put On Waivers podcast, week seven now. I, I love this game. I, I think I think it's my, like this game and the. Uh, Saints Ravens game is going to be. I can't wait for. That. I can't wait for this game. But you have a tremendous situation here where 
this is where the Bears are going to feel some serious pressure. They made the move to get, get Khalil. Everybody's jumping up and down, James, and doing, having a party in Chicago. But they still have the worst quarterback in the division by far. If they can't beat the, um, the Patriots here, their record kind of evens out. They become a 500 football team, and they start to realize that, hey, it's nice to have Khalil, but we don't have a quarterback. Thoughts on Bears, Patriots, and Soldier Field on Sunday? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. Um, kind of want to see, you know, the the big thing about stopping the Patriots is that front seven, you know, putting pressure on Brady. So I'd like to see to see, you know, it's the two immovable objects going up against each other, and, and just see what happens. Um, yeah, really, really looking forward to this game. Um, I want to see how Mac performs against the Patriots. I want to see what they do to to try to neutralize them. Um, you know, it's we don't know the weather conditions in Chicago yet, so we don't know what kind of factor that's going to have on it. Uh, but you know, I am off on Sunday, so I'm definitely looking forward to to kicking back and watching this game and just seeing that the Patriots offense go up against the Chicago defense. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it'll be great to see the schemes that McDonald puts together and, and that definitely what, what the bears are going to throw at them, you know, and, and throw at Brady. Mike, do you see, do you feel like this is like, this is a pressure cooker now early in the Mitchell Trubisky era. They might have, they might actually kick him out of, um, North Carolina, if they if he can't get if he can't get it if he can't get it done here, um, but you know let's be, let's be real like it, this is this is where when you make a big move and you're not a perennial play of a play, playoff team now if if the Packers went out and got Mac it would have been a little different right if the you know if the if the the Rams or the Patriots or the Chiefs went out and got Mac it'd be a little different. When you're the Bears and you do it, the team is just there. They're starving for victories and starving for another Super Bowl, just like any other team in football. Now, this is the pressure cooker now. When you lose a game that you should have won in, in, in Miami, you're a favorite to win in Miami, and now you're put, now Tom Brady comes to town and you can't win this game. And I can tell you one thing. I, Belichick and, um, and, Belichick and, and McDaniels, is not, they're not going to let – Khalil Mack was ruining this game. They're not gonna let Khalil Mack hurt their quarterback. So you can you can you know do all the ISOs you want, Khalil Mack. I I'd be surprised if he was a huge factor in this game. I would be kind of surprised. I guess a, a little different take on. It. I think that I don't think there's a lot of pressure on the Bears. I I, I don't know. I I uh, as a, I mean, if I was a Bear fan, or would they have expected? There? I know they went out and got Mack. I know they have high expectations for the It defense. changes, though, Mike. My, 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 but it, 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 when you get a player from that caliber, ganked. there changes. It changes everything. I don't think there's a Bear fan out there who's expecting to beat the Patriots, in my opinion. That, uh, they might hope to. They might think they have a chance. I don't think they're expecting. I mean, they're, they're underdogs at home for a reason. Um, and so, I, I don't know. I, I think you're right in the expectations rise, but I don't know if they're to the point yet where – we expect to beat the Patriots. I mean, I think it's, and, and you know, maybe maybe they are. Maybe they are. If I live in Chicago, maybe I get a different feel for it. But um, 
I think it's gravy if they were to beat the Patriots at this point because this team has been better than expected on even an offense. I think Trubisky has had, no matter what we think of him in just long term, you know, five games into the season, he's played well. Um, he's had a couple of very good games. So I think the expectations are up. I don't know if they're up high enough where, man, I can't believe we didn't beat the Patriots. I don't, they, they, if they lose, they're sitting at three and three and but still fighting it out in that division. Um, that's, that's very close. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to let Max beat them. Um, I was even surprised that Belichick came out and even commented on, you know, I know comparing them with Lawrence Taylor seems crazy, but usually he would not have come out in the past, said anything in response to that, especially something that was like so, you know, are we talking about Lawrence Taylor? Like it was, it was almost like I know he wasn't slamming Max, but he definitely uh, it was uh, it came off like uh, you know he's not even in his class kind of thing. It was a little bit of a knock, even if it didn't mean to be. I think it came off that way. And the funny thing about it is, I guess James, if you want to get Bill's Bill's um, Bill, um, excuse me, um, Bill Belichick talking, you start comparing, um, you know, edge. Ed- Edge rushers to LT. He, he, he won't. He won't stop talking when you do that. Anything else? He will never answer the question. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, he he defends LT much more than he defends TB. I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, so, so, there's, so he definitely loves one more than the other. Um, <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. That's too much. All right, we got to go to Baltimore. One of my favorite cities, um, and you look at the Saints' bye week, where you know they usually thrive in a bye week, um, especially under this head coach and, and and this quarterback. They usually do a great job. They got all that you know, super, all that um, you know, record holding stuff out of the way against the Redskins. Bye week now, going against a defense that just shut out another NFL opponent. I don't like the Tennessee Titans. I don't like Mariota, so I'm not surprised they shut them out. But thoughts on this game here where you're looking at one of the highest power, most, most, most um, high powered offenses, James in football going against the Ravens who seem like they have their defensive mojo back this season. Yeah, I, I like New Orleans in this game. I don't think this game is going to be as exciting as, as you do. Um, unfortunately, um, Baltimore has just been all over the place. Um, not that any team has looked good in Cleveland this year, but they look particularly bad in Cleveland uh, when they played them. Um, you know, just, you know, all, just all over the place with Baltimore. Like, New Orleans, yeah, New Orleans has that bad loss in, in the first week of the season, but um, I think New Orleans is going to Baltimore and just put up some points, and um, this game isn't going to be close at all. Well, yeah, I mean, wow. Once they – once the game gets to 20 or the 25 points, it's going to be a tough game for the, the Ravens to, to, to um, kind of contend with. Mike, the weather forecast in Baltimore is going to be 50 degrees and sunny, so it shouldn't be a terrible game for, uh, for an indoor team like the Saints to play in. Uh, thoughts about this game and, 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 and um, how you think the Saints are going to do against that Ravens defense? Yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little bit with James here in that I, I, I think the Saints are a lot more talented team. And on paper, I, I look at it and I go, I think, I think they just have too many weapons. I think they're going to put up too many points. 
Um, but they seem to be a different team away, uh, you know, away and outside of that dome. So they've always kind of been that way, at least that's the perception. Um, so with the tough defense, the Ravens, the Ravens do have a, a pretty good defense. They've been playing better offense than I think we thought they might. Um, but I, I, just, I have to kind of go with James. I don't know if it's – I think it'll be a touchdown, maybe 7 seven to 10, somewhere in that range. But I think the Saints handle them. I just think they're going to score too many points. I just do. By the way, is in the league that we're watching right now, it's very difficult to count on defenses being good every week, as we've seen. I mean, it's hard to keep a good offense under 20, under 30 points, even in a lot of cases. But so, I, I mean, it's just I, difficult I, to I do. would say – I would say that if you go by them, uh, uh, if you go by de- their defensive uh, performances every week, they've been pretty consistent. Uh, they really have been yeah. pretty consistent as far as as far as that goes. But I, I definitely see your point, no question about it. But they have been a pretty good defensive ball club um, this year. So that game is not going to be exciting to you guys. I'm, I, I guess I'm not, I guess I should be not. So I, I didn't well, say that, it would be exciting. I don't know how close that game, okay. So so Jay. Are you excited, or are you, are you excited? You're at a sports bar. You're off Sunday, and the, the TV next to your main your TV next to your main game is Bengals at Chiefs. Are you excited to watch that game? Bengals at Chiefs. Yeah, I, I'd want to see that game. Um, that game entices me. Um, really want to see what what Cincinnati can do against that that Kansas City. Defense. I, I think the Chiefs win that game, but I think it's going to be another high-scoring game. I, th- I think it's going to be another arcade game, um, you know, another Tecmo Bowl game going on over there with a, a lot of high-scoring plays and, and, and big plays. I think Kansas City wins it, but that's a game I, I would definitely, you know, put on some popcorn and watch. Get your popcorn ready for that one, right, Mike? So we have, we have that game. Also, you have um, – all these games, the teams are either at 500 or, or one or both has to have a winning record. It's early, but, but, but these games are going to be for playoff positioning early in the season. Um, the Cowboys, Redskins, the, you know, kind, of the, kind of the traditional battle. Um, they are – I'm looking at teams who could probably use an Amari Cooper, right? Everyone talks about now Amari Cooper is going to get traded. I never thought after 2000 and – 2016 season that the Raiders could have, could have actually go into an offseason where they end up losing Carr, Mack, and Cooper um, and, and, one, and just get all, all with trades. But, but, but it is a possibility with what Gruden's doing. Um, that's a team that could use that kind of player. Like, he would just fit there. And they, and they need a wide receiver to go along with that quarterback, go along with that running back. Um, but 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 that hasn't happened yet, or 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 is not on the table right now. Cowboys, Redskins, thoughts, Mike. My thoughts is that it's gonna. It's almost like we went back in time twenty years, and they're playing like at nineteen, actually like third, it's like the nineteen eighty eight uh, Redskins Cowboy game. There, there's going to be thirty thirty five rushes in this game and twenty passes by each team. It's, it's crazy. This is like a back-in-time game. Uh, both quarterbacks struggle to throw for two, 250 yards a game. They're well under that. Um, and, and not necessarily, uh, you know, Alex Smith gets the game manager, um, you know, kind of title. But Prescott hasn't been, hasn't been known to, to light it up either. So um, could be just a game of kind of in the dirt, you know, 
running game, who can play defense, who can get a turnover or two, and uh, could be a real grinded-out game, kind of a turn-back-the-clock game for me. And uh, James, thoughts on the thoughts on this game, Cowboys and uh, and Redskins. Listen, none of yeah, yeah. But 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 what are your thoughts on the game? This is is the way both teams are playing, and and the way that division is, and um, you know, this is the game we got to bring RFK out of the mothballs and, and get back to that old stadium and just put this <laughs> game in there because um, that you know Mike hit it you know, right on the head. This is it's going to be a throwback game. Um, a lot of running, um, short passing, and just, uh, this is, you know, of the, of the three, four o'clock games is the game I, I would, I would put on the TV above anything else would be Dallas at Washington. Uh, like Panthers, Eagles. Yeah. Well, the kids are going to the playoffs. So that's a good choice. Um, <laughs> Mike, uh, <laughs> Panthers and Eagles here. Panthers and Eagles. The Panthers, Panthers looking to bounce back. The Eagles trying to continue that continue that, um, that role. They have a little extra time because they had a Thursday night game. Uh, Cam Newton going to get that thing going again, uh, or the Eagles going to going to continue that continue the way they look like against the Giants. They look a little bit better. They look more like the Eagles. Like, like we mentioned before, this is Carson Wentz's um, preseason, if you will, and he and he's and he's looked like he's going to be back in full effect coming up this week. Nothing like a Giants game to kind of retool your team and kind of, uh, you know, uh, bring it all together, <laughs> put, put everything back to, back to normal for you. But um, I, I do think the Eagles are the class of this division. They're not playing like it up until, you know, up until last week. I don't know how much you can take from, from a giant, from a win against the Giants, but um, they, you did, they did what they're supposed to do. I think you're going to see this team get better and better. I think Wentz, uh, especially as their offense has gotten healthier, um, not necessarily at the running back position, but just options on the outside. I think they've uh, heard that, you know, there, there's guys back, Jeffries is back. I mean, there's there's guys who are productive and can stretch the field a little bit more and, and provide Wentz some, some good opportunities to get the ball down the field. So um, I think the Eagles will win a game, will win the game, I think mainly because it's in Philadelphia. And that's a big advantage there. It's a tough place to play. Panthers coming off a, a tough loss too. I think the, I think the Eagles are going to start rolling here and put a few together. Um, Mike, thoughts on that? Thoughts on this game, real quick. Um, who do you think is going to come out on top of the, of the Eagles and Panthers? I kind of like the Eagles to come out on top in a close one. Uh, kind of evenly matched. Good defensive teams. Uh, good defensive teams. Um, I don't know if Cam can pass his way to this. I don't know if I don't know if can pass his, pass enough against this team with this pass rush in order to, to get the Panthers a victory here. Yeah, I I like the um the Eagles in this game. Um I you know they'll have this game and and the Jaguars game before going up against the Cowboys. Um have they turned the corner? Yeah, it was the Giants. Um but they did look really, really good in that game. They looked like they came together, so maybe that was the, the turning point on the season for them. Um I definitely think the Eagles um, Eagles have this game. Um, you know, Carolina hasn't really impressed me at all this year. Um, you know, they, they had that, that, well, obviously game against the Giants, and, and it just seems to be everyone has their, their good games this year against the Giants so far. But, um, yeah, it, last week could have been the turning point. I think they'll beat the Panthers this week, and I, uh, I, have, I like them against the Jaguars the following week also. So just going into that Cowboy matchup. 
right. So we will have, uh, I think, a lot, of, a lot of good games this week in, in the NFL. NFL, you got Titans going at Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to smoke them and win that game. Not really worried about that one. Texas and Texans and Jags. Interesting ball game, but like, what's going to happen there? Like, I mean, are we going to see the real um, um, Watson, or are we going to are we going to see Blake Bortles come back and play like he did last year? So, interesting games um, coming up this week, coming up this Sunday in the in the National Football League. So we'll see what, we'll see what's going on there. Um, real quick, we got five minutes here before we go over to miscellaneous James. The NHL season has started. I don't know if you knew this, but um, so can you tell us what's going on? Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's week one. Um, things are falling into place. I, I think the most impressive thing is the, the Caps are playing really good hockey. There is, you know, if any team was ever going to have a Stanley Cup hangover, it was going to be the Capitals because, you know, they, they were doing keg stands on the Stanley Cup all all off season when they had the cup. So, you know, if you thought any team was going to have any kind of layover from that from last year, it would have been them. But they come out flying. They, you know, um, the Rangers took them to overtime tonight. They beat the Rangers in overtime. Uh, it was a really good game. Um, you know, the, the, the Golden Knights are having their, their first losing season in, in club history um, right now. So, so hopefully they'll, they'll snap out of that. They were under 500 for the first time ever. In, in the history of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I think the big surprise team this year is the Bruins. The Bruins are really, really good. Um, I didn't have them as one of my top two teams in the East, but, again, it's only the first week, but they, they've come out on fire, and, and Marchand is definitely getting under people's skin once again. Um, but across the board, the, the teams we thought were going to be good are going to be good, and, and, and the Caps are, are just impressive. All right. So we will talk about everything and everything in the world in miscellaneous. Miscellaneous time here on the Put On Waivers podcast. So let's go. Um... Good guys in sports. Let's get that out of the way real quick because we got a lot to talk about in this half an hour miscellaneous that I can't wait to get to. Um, so for me, and it is a hockey themed good guy in good guys in sports. So um, there is now a Kenyan hockey team, and they are I guess they're they're supported by. Um, um, Tim Hortons. So Tim Hortons is supporting a Canadian, Canadian, a Kenyan hockey team um, to Canada for a game. They supply them with a bunch of different stuff. Just seeing, the, just seeing those guys out on the ice, and they're they're just so happy to be playing and playing as a sport and kind of kind of kind of that exposure to the sport. I mean, I can't I can't imagine in the continent of Africa, people people say people say Africa like it's a country, it's a continent. Um, that is not, not exposure to hockey, but you know, I mean, they're having a great time playing and learning the game. So I think it's kind of cool that they're they're um, doing that. Um, James, do you have any good guys in sports you want to talk about this week? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the one person I was thinking about is we were um, 
you know, we, we did our 80s basketball show a while back, and there's a, there's a great series on ESPN right now uh, about the love of basketball, and they were just talking about Mo Cheeks. And it, and it just brought back the time that um, Mo Cheeks helped the young lady who got stuck on the national anthem um, get her back on track and, and provide the lies and just ended up singing the song with her. Um, you know, he, he's often overlooked for one of the, the truly good moments in sports. And um, it was nice to see him, you know, get some recognition this week for that, for that moment. And again, it's like, it's one of the reasons why we love basketball and, and we're big fans of athletes is, is when they stepped outside of how you normally see someone to, to provide that type of support for a fan or, you know, a person who was there to sing the national anthem. Yeah, cool. Uh, Mike? I was going to say, uh, we, we hadn't really talked about it too much, but I just wanted to make reference to, uh, and, and to, be, to, to be perfectly frank with you, I know a little bit about him, not a lot about him. He might be able to shed a little bit more, more light on it, but the passing of Paul Allen um, this week oh, yeah. is just um, uh, a, a big loss as far as, uh, you know, he's, he's done so many things. I mean, just looking at his background and just uh, business, uh, philanthropy, owning, owning multiple uh, pro teams, just uh, seemed like a pretty um, different guy, a really unique guy, but uh, definitely huge influences in all different areas of our culture. Yeah, and, he, and he's also a guy who, uh, like uh, Bill Gates, who just do, they just do so much for charity, it's sick. Like They, they spend their whole yeah. life doing that, so I give him a lot of credit for that, um, even though they're Microsoft guys, not Apple guys. I do, I, I, I do, I do, I do, um, I, I do give, I, do, I think when you think when you have the ability to do it, I think it's cool that the cool that you can also give like that. So that's kind of cool that, um, he, and he was a great owner. He saw a lot of great things with Seattle. He, he helped bring the Seattle Seahawks a world championship and it wasn't his fault. They didn't win the second one. It was the coach's fault. So, <laughs> so, um, it's yeah. kind of, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. So, um, definitely get Paul in a lot of props there. Um, he is a he was a he was a um, really really changed a lot of lives. He and Bill Gates they do a lot of great there are a lot of great things for a lot of people um, out in the world. So that that you know doesn't make the nightly news. So I got a fifty I had a fifty dollar bet with a friend. We got into an argument, big argument, my friend my friend Ray about will the Chargers make the playoffs? We it started it started because he tried to make this argument that Philip Rivers is. I think Phil Rivers is just is, is okay. I don't think he's a great, great quarterback. I think he's more of a compiler. That's just me. That's my, my opinion. He's trying to make the argument that he didn't play with anybody. I informed him that Antonio Gates is probably one of the best tight ends of all time. He played with Daniel Tomlinson. He played with Sean May. He played with some, he played with some really great teams in San Diego. That's a bad let's, argument. That's a bad argument. Let's, let's, yeah. keep it, let's keep it real. He played with some fantastic teams in San Diego. There's no question about it. So, $50 bet, they will not make the playoffs. Double or nothing, they, they win a playoff game. The Chargers um, will play the Titans this week. I think they will beat the Titans this week. I'm going to go through the schedule. You guys let me know if I'm going to win my $50 or am I going to pay my friend Ray $50. So, we're going to go to – let's see if we get the Chargers schedule up. And we're gonna go through the schedule and see are they gonna win? Probably gonna take ten wins to win the division. I mean, I, I'm sorry, to make the playoffs because because we all know they ain't win the division. Um, let's just see if the Chargers can make the playoffs here. 
this week coming up right now, they are facing at home game with the with the Titans. Is that a win? Yes. So that will give them. So they'll be five and two. They have. They go on the road at Seattle. Hmm. Yes. I'm gonna that's say a win? yes too. I'm gonna say oh, that's a win. You guys are nuts. This is your legion. Yeah, your legion yeah, of boom. Not your legion of boom yeah. up there. Agreed. Yeah, but they, but but they're 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 but they're they can think. They scored. They scored thirty three and and twenty seven the last two weeks. So I I I'll take my chances with Seattle. They they're losing that. Yeah, game. And, they, and, and they played a really bad team last week. Okay. It was a kick. Be easy. Be easy. Be easy. I'm just, I'm, while you guys are doing that, I'm going to make some calls. Take a collection up for for Dwayne. <laughs> You're crazy. I'm like, okay. All right. So so so, so at the Raiders. You you at the Raiders. You so you think they're going to win? They're going to go seven and two. Because they, they, they beat they beat they're Seattle. Gonna they're going to win. They're going to be straight. Yeah. Okay. So home game against the home game against the Broncos. Home game against the Broncos. Uh, they're going to lose one of these uh, games. Yeah. They're, they're not going to win all these games. That's why I think. I know, that's why I, I think they, the Seattle game. They're not going to win all these games okay. in a row. They okay. are the Chargers. Let's, James, James, let's just give him his Seattle game because he's adamant about that. <laughs> so, well, let's say it's a loss to Seattle, but they beat Denver and they beat the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. So that's the same eight, record. So yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's eight, yeah. So so it's, it's eight, eight and three. So okay. now now we're going to they have a home game against the the, the Cardinals. Win. They're gonna win that. Okay. That right. almost puts them in the playoffs now. Not 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 nine wins. So now they go at <laughs> now they go at Pittsburgh. Okay, that's a lot. We'll say it's a lot. Home against the Bengals. Uh, the Pittsburgh game depends on what state of the franchise Le'Veon Bell has. They are not winning the game. They are not winning the game. I think James is making the point, though, that this is not a team that's out of any game, really. Right? I mean, James, you can't just cross them off and say they're going to lose this, automatically lose this game. Right? Correct. I oh, like they, they're. It's not. It's not an easy to say. Yeah, they're going to lose that game. Gonna, they have a very good possibility dis- of winning that game. I'm going to disqual. I'm going to disqualify Mr. Amato because he is guilty of being one of the biggest Pittsburgh Steelers haters of all time. I'm. I'm, I'm swinging Chargers. my gavel. That's why you're going to lose fifty. You hate the Chargers. <laughs> I don't right. hate the Chargers. I don't, I don't hate. I don't hate the Chargers. I don't, I don't hate any team except for my. I don't hate any except for my own. So <laughs> I don't hate the Chargers. So, so you're I, saying the remainder of those games, there's not, they're already, we have them at nine and three. You just do a quick, quick look. You think they're going to lose the rest of their games after being nine and three? They're all, they're going to go zero and four and not make the playoffs. They have done this. They have done it before. So I'm not why. I don't know why it's surprising to you. you, you, you I'm asking you're about actually, it now. They don't yeah, have yeah, another so, win in that in that schedule. At the Steelers, no, not in my opinion. I think they, I think they'll lose. I think they'll lose the home game against the um, against the Bengals. They go at they go at the Chiefs. That's a loss, and they and they play Ravens at home end the season for a playoff berth. I think that's a loss. That's ten wins. That's your tenth win right there. They're not <laughs> winning. They go. They go. They're going eight and eight. 
And they might not. They might even lose this game. They might even lose this game. If, if, if they, they might even lose this game to the to the Titans. I'm just telling you right now. They're not winning all those games in a row. I'm telling you. As easy as that schedule looks, they're not winning all those games in a row. They're, they're, we they're, they're, we they're, gave you Seattle. We gave you Seattle. They're not winning games in, the in a row. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm telling. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I I have that. I have that money stored away. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. They're not making the playoffs. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. You're lucky we didn't do this with the Redskins, by the way, because you're like given. I wonder who you're giving Redskin wins to. If we look uh, at, I mean, we'll do that we, another we, week, maybe. We, we, we can do that. We we're can like, do that. We're well, matching up the Redskins we'll week for week. We'll I'm begging we're not coming out of there with them in the playoffs. Oh, 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 we, oh, we, oh, we can, we can do that. We can do that. But um, we'll do, let's we can go, do that we, next week if you want. But geez. no, no, we'll do that. So um, Houston. It looks like Houston is pulling some shenanigans with a Spygate situation. They're going to get – I guess they um, have issues there. Again, people are complaining that they were maybe videotaping them in – videotaping the opponents in the locker room again. Um, James, you are our Spygate um, correspondent. <laughs> wow. How'd you get that what, job? What punishment? <laughs> If if true, what punishment should the uh, should the, uh, the Astros Astros get? Well, no, no, the Astros weren't videotaping. They were concerned the Yankees in a series in May were videotaping them. Oh, 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 uh, worse. Oh, it was even better. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I yeah. was very wrong. So, so what punishment should so they should, so should what the, it happened should, was the Yankees. They they had felt the Yankees were videotaping signals on them that they had an extra camera placed, and they filed a complaint with Major League Baseball. And then this past week, um, game before Game Two, an Astro employee was down in the media, you know, amongst the TV cameras for the media, and he got stopped by someone in Major League Baseball, and um, was being questioned and everything. And then it turned out like he was down there to count how many cameras the Red Sox have um, because they, they just felt there was some shenanigans going on there. It wasn't proven anything in, in either case, but it was, yeah, it wasn't against the Astros. The Astros were, were making the complaint against the Yankees back in May. Wow. Oh. The empire getting in on the action. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to what's, what's happening with the pitchers over in, over in Houston. The spin rate. I think there's something. Better co- uh, don't hate because they got better coaches. If they got better coaches, don't hate on it. If, they, if, they, if they're doing a better job coaching, <laughs> you can't hate that on it. Defle- I was trying to deflect. You deflect in that case, right? Yeah. That's not deflecting at all. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen there? Um, what else we got here? Oh, Manny to the Yankees. Um, Manny Machado. He is a very good baseball player. I would not ask him to run down the first baseline um, line very fast. Um, he is a gentleman who said, and I, I want to make sure I quote Mr. Um, Machado correctly. Um, I, and he's talking about himself, of course, I am not that, I'm not the type of player that is going, uh, that's going to be Johnny Hustle. That's just not my cup of tea. That sounds like a Yankee the right best. there. The right there. The that sounds role. like a Yankee right there. Yeah. You know, that sounds like, yeah. you know, G- Jeter. That sounds like all the Yankees would love to have that kind of attitude in that locker room. <laughs> Mike, 
with the injury to Didi, would you want this 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 gentleman um, to play on your baseball team? No, I do not. I mean, not not because of that. I just I from a money standpoint, I don't want them to give anybody three hundred million dollars again or anything like. I I, I don't know. Dude, they're saying Didi's going to come back to back two months of the year. I still go back to the team's got enough offense. Uh, at least to make it through, if they, you know, the, the pitching was the, was the, uh, one of the biggest problems. So I'm just, I, I laugh because just think about all the old time players that we always talk about. James always goes into detail about with story. Think about Pete Rose having a teammate that says, "I'm just not that guy. I'm not I'm just not that guy who runs hard." I mean, it's hilarious. It's very funny. And you know, like I think that a lot of Latin, some of the Latin players have that because they, because some of them are so dominant, they have that. It's a stigma or a stereotype, and he kind of he kind of is like going in on that stereotype. So the Altuve's, the Correas, the guys who don't do that stuff are kind of hit with kind of you know, like him, him and him and him and Cano, right? James, how how many times yeah. do Yankee fans scream at scream at Cano? For, because because he looks like he's he's like he's lollygagging on, on the field. Dude, would you want a would you after a player says that as dominant as he is and you know it's gonna be three hundred dollars three hundred million dollars you're gonna have to pay him? Would you want a guy like Manny Machado on your baseball team, or do you think do you think all what he just said doesn't even matter? Um, does it matter? You know, he said it, but then. He slides hard in the second base. He goes down first baseline pretty hard, yeah. you know, running running, yeah. running into the first baseman. So, you know, how much of a tongue-in-cheek was it? Um, you know, if I'm a Yankee fan, if I'm a Yankee front office person, you know, I want to replace a left-handed hitting shortstop with another right-handed because, you know, the Yankees had all that problems with right-handed bats last year, and, and they had no starting pitching issues to worry about when it came playoff time. So, Let's add another right-handed bat to the lineup. Um, Machado makes no sense to the Yankees. Um, I would sit out those first months, get by um, until Gregorius comes back. I think Didi's a leader on that team. Um, you know what he's done stepping into that position after replacing Jeter, and, and what came with that. And again, I'm someone who believes Jeter was grossly overrated in his Yankee career, but still to step into that scenario and and slowly become a leader of that team. Um, you know, I want to do everything possible to make sure Didi's my shortstop and and playing next year um, and, and spend that money on a starting pitcher. Um, don't spend that money on Machado. Don't spend that money on Bryce Harper. But, you know, when it comes down to the comment, it was, it was kind of funny, but then you, like, you see the way he, he does, you know, when he's involved with plays, especially, like, some of his slides and everything. Um you know, you know, I I I took some of it with a grain of salt, and I think a lot of it was blown out of proportion. And it was just the whole uh, we need a story to write about in this game because, um, yeah, he played hard last night, you know, and, and it looks like he played pretty hard today. So there's a there's a team. I mean, if any team is he's a fit for any team, it's actually the New York Mets. But the Mets aren't spending three hundred million dollars on a player, so. Um, you know, and I wouldn't be shocked if he signs back with the Dodgers. But if I'm the Yankees, I don't touch him just on the basis that Gregorius is a leader of that team, you know, between him and Judge. And, and I wouldn't want to mess with that chemistry. Uh, we'll see what happens. So we had a request. I'm, I'm going to play like a, like I'm a DJ, like I'm DJ Khaled or something over here. 
And we had a request by Mr. Rolando to to go through the Redskins real quick. So we'll go through the Redskins. <laughs> we, we, we are going to go through the Redskins. But first of all, I want to ask you both of you guys a question. Is there anything that can stop? Looking at the landscape of the National Basketball Association, is there anything that can stop a Boston Celtic, Golden State Warrior, NBA Finals? Uh, James, you can go first. Is there anything that in the, in the league that can stop that from happening? Um, anything in the league? Nothing in the league, um, unless you know they the, the Warriors come down with the Ebola virus somehow. Um, you know, I, I think the Warriors are are guaranteed to have that ticket to the finals. Um, right now, you know, maybe if there's a big trade where the Sixers get someone else. Um, but yeah, y- your ticket right now is punch for the Celtics and the uh, and the Golden State Warriors. Mike, are the Sixers going to no, make it? I, I don't think the, the Sixers just don't seem good enough to beat the Celtics right now. They, I think talent-wise, if you look at paper, uh, if you look at it on paper, they should be closer than they are. But it seems like every time they play, they, I mean, again, you're talking about one game in the year, but they just don't. Especially if you have guys like Simmons who potentially still can't shoot, um, they just—I think it's a bad matchup. So I, I think, you know, I, I'm going to make a weird statement, but I think it, it actually—I think the Warriors have a little less room. I think if they get an injury, a big injury to, to Steph, or they get an injury to um, Durant or something like that, they definitely have less room between those other teams in the West, where the Celtics have proven they can lose a guy or two and still. Uh, and still go very deep. And if, you know, we probably would have made the finals last year, we were still talking about it, even with LeBron in the East. So I think the Celtics are more of a lock. I feel better about the Celtics being a lock for the finals, not winning it, obviously, but, but then, then the Warriors, because I think if the Warriors have an injury, then they, 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 they get a little muddled there in the West because the West is so good. And, 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 and like I said before, like, I think if you're, if you're going to get to the Warriors – it's gonna have they they've struggled more in the Western Conference Final than they have in the NBA yeah. Final. They ha, they, they have yeah. that one um I won three you know that, I mean who knows if Draymond doesn't get kicked out of that game they probably win that game so um interesting uh it, it, the shop is a HBO show by LeBron by the by a newest Laker LeBron James uh and he has the way he just they just sit in the barbershop and just talk sugar honey iced tea all day so. If, if, if you're interested in that, there are some interesting conversations in that in, the, in those first two episodes. So if you want to catch that, um, catch it on HBO. Um, let's go to Redskins. Let's hail, let's hail to the Redskins. I, I couldn't find that. I couldn't find that song. I, I actually was just stalling to see if I could find a hail to the Redskins song, but I couldn't find it. So let's go. Sunday, they play the Dallas Cowboys. Is that a win or a loss? It's a win. Go ahead, James. To me, it's a toss-up. I think it's very close. So I'll give you a win just because I feel okay, so, charitable. So a, game, so a game that probably shouldn't be a toss-up, but it is a divisional game. They do go to uh, East Rutherford and take on the Giants. So at MetLife, right? It, it, okay, so that's another one. So, all right. They play another one in five team, uh, or, two, or whatever, the, whatever the Falcons are. I forgot what the record is. They've been, they've been bad this year. Uh, a host of injuries. They play the Falcons at home. Hmm. 
I'm going to say the Falcons win that game. Just offensively, they're a lot better than the Redskins offensively. So, to be fair, I have that as a, lo- as a loss as well. Yeah. James? Falcons. Yeah. Falcons. Falcons. Um, at, the, at the Buccaneers. Another game where they have to score a lot of points. Because James, yeah. James can put some points up. They are the la- They are the la- They are. They fired the, the the Buccaneers just fired their defensive coordinator. They are uh, Mike Smith. They are the worst pass defense in all of football. I'm gonna say it's a loss. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I got lost. On it's that on one. the road, right? It's in Tampa, right? It's on the road. <laughs> Houston at home. That's yeah, a win. At Dallas. I'm not so fast. I'll, I'll give you a win, but Houston's getting better, and they're going to get better through the year, in my opinion. I think it reverses. I, I can see them maybe reversing those two. Reversing those two. Um, Houston. Houston, 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 the winner or loss? But you said it was a win. So you, uh, majority rules here. You both gave it a win. Both okay. A win. Uh, Dallas at home. I mean, I'm sorry, Dallas at the road, on the road. That's a Thanksgiving I game. Think so. Yeah, I think it is. That's a lot. Yes. Okay. Only because it's on Turkey Day. Seriously. Eagles on the road. Lost. Lost. Okay, I lost it. Hang what's on. the record right now? What 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 are we sitting at? Hold on one second. Uh, we're sitting at three, one, two, three, four, seven, seven and five. Okay, four games left. So four games left. So we got the Giants at home. Giants ain't beating anybody, my opinion. Yeah, it's a win. Jacksonville on the road. Lost. Tennessee on the road. Win. It's a win. Philly at home. Lost. To me. If Philly is, Philly could be already won the division. Or that, or that could be a game for the division. Uh, yeah, it could, it could. be. Where's the I, I like the Redskins in that game. We got nine and seven. You're giving that a win, nine though. I, that's that's it. And that's I it. think that's that on that nine, nine and seven, one game behind the Chargers. <laughs> the, Char- the Chargers will be eight and eight. The Chargers the Chargers are out. The Redskins are magically in. The Chargers. 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 So the Red Sox, bottom of the six now, are beating the world champion, defending world champion, Houston Astros, six to five. So this game is going back and forth. Um, craziness going on there. Uh, James, anything going on in the world that you want to talk about? Anything on TV? Any movies? Uh, first, first thing first, I ran, yeah. I ran a 5k this past Saturday. I run 5k often. 
Um, and I'm sorry, this past Sunday, and I finished first in my age group out of four nice. people. There's only four people in my age group, but I finished first. Um, and the, the the for finishing first place in my age division, I won a uh, I got a medal and I got a wooden baseball bat from Tucci Lumber, which is an up and coming baseball bat company in Connecticut. Okay, cool. So James awesome. finished. James finished. James finished first for all the twenty-year-olds who ran that. I ran that five to eight, five k. So yeah, great job, yeah. James. Fifty-year-old. Fifty-year. Fifty-year. Second place um, first loser. You should have bought that, that shirt and wore it around. No, that's dude, that dude. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, that is. That uh, is. That's really, I mean, that's yeah, really I've been really doing five cool. k's for about six, seven years. About seven years I've been doing five k's, and and this is the first time where I was like ever top three let alone win that's awesome. the uh win the age group so that's cool um mike anything going on in um good old beautiful north carolina no it's starting to get chilly around here that's the only thing tonight's supposed to get like it's supposed to be around 50 overnight which is you know it's like we almost have to turn our heat on the first day I think uh, this will be the first day heat goes on in north carolina yeah i, I can tell you right now they i mean you can and where I live, where you can close all the windows, the heat ain't going on. I ain't moved to California to run the heat. <laughs> I mean, let's just get that. Get that. Get that. Let's get popping. Let's get that right. Hey, but on a, I don't on want... a side note, Go ahead. they don't make the houses here like they do in Connecticut. There's not that much insulation in here. So if it gets down, if it gets down around 50, the cold starts to creep in pretty good. They don't build them like they do in Connecticut. The yeah, same. the more yeah, yeah, seriously. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with that at all. Um, James, did you see Benham? No, I have not seen Venom. Um, I'm waiting for a $5 Tuesday to go see it because the reviews have been very mixed. So I, I do want to see it. And you know what? Yet. I want to respond to the to the Rotten Tomato people and people who who, uh, who are who are who are like I, I, I don't well, listen, use well, well, I, I use I uh, use two other websites that are pretty head on with their movie reviews. Um, so, or I use one website, Uproxx, which yeah. links onto other ones, and, and their reviews are spot on because kind of like the same music, um, not music, movie taste. So that's why yeah. I haven't rushed out to see Venom yet. So, so here's my thing, dude. It is a superhero movie, okay? All right. So. Let's be real. It's a superhero movie. I know when I walk into Venom, I know when I walk into Avengers, I don't want to walk into any of these superhero movies. I know when I walk into Captain Marvel, it's not going to be Shawshank Redemption. It's not going to be the color purple. It's Tomatoes not going to be. Oh dude, I don't. Goodness. I could care less. I, it's, like a, it's, a super, it's a superhero movie. Give me a break. I don't want to hear about a super. Like, come on, what are we talking about? Get out of here. Please and and they probably oh, gave. To be fair, uh, uh, to be fair, audience, yeah, but the audience gave it an 88, so there's a big when there's a big gap. There's a problem. Exactly, and then they give and, and, and the whole movie that won the Oscar with the, with the lady kissing the fish in the water, bestiality. Come on, get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. The four people saw it, and the four. Yeah, I with that dumb ass, dumb movie. Oh, go, 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 go see Shape of Water. I'm not seeing a woman fisting, kissing no still magical fish. Talk about that's gonna be a good, that's a good movie for me to go see. <laughs> call me, in, call me on the end if you want. I'm not gonna go see a woman kissing a fish. But I heard man, I heard man on the moon is excellent. I heard man on the moon is from, from, from people who I trust. 
I heard that movie was excellent. Shape of Water, I ain't seen it. I don't care. Netflix, Netflix said, give me the movie, or Red Box, <laughs> give me the movie, hit delivered, and put it in my PlayStation. I'm not watching that movie. Okay? I'm sorry. Put on Waver's podcast. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. We went from Manny Machado, Shape of Water, only here, right? Only here. Everyone who doubted me is asking for forgiveness. If you ain't been a part of it, at least you got to witness.
Diego. Back in stadiums, the stadiums, this is slow. Nuts they go. Macadamia, they go so ballistic, whoa. He can make them look like bozos. He's wondering if he should spit this slow. Fuck no, go for broke. His cup just runs over, oh no. He ain't had him a bust like this since the last time that he overdosed. They've been waiting patiently for Pinocchio to poke his nose. Back into the game and they know rap will never be the same as before. Bastion in the brains of these hoes and establishing a name as he goes. The passion and the flame is ignited. You can't put it out once we light it. This shit is exactly what the prophet I'm talking about when we riot. You dealing with a few two villains who stand inside of the booth who's spilling. It's bitch two feelings and two feelings come flying up out of our mouths are reminded. Payback for the fuck up for the way that you gotta be how's it taste. When I slap the takes out of your mouth with the bass so loud that it shakes the place. I'm Hannibal Lecter, so just in case you're thinking of saving face. You ain't gonna have no face to save by the time I'm through with this place so great. May not mean nothing to y'all Understand nothing was done to me So I don't plan on stopping at all I want this shit forever, mine, never mind, never mind Shut this shit down in the mall It's telling that girl she the one for me And I ain't even planning to call I want this shit forever, mine, never mind, never mind, never mind When it comes to your heart, every second counts, which is why Palomar Health's nationally recognized heart and vascular center provides award-winning care close to home. Here you will find an expert team to help you and those you love live longer and healthier lives. We know the most precious moments of life are felt with the heart, and caring for yours is our passion. To learn more or find a doctor near you, visit palomarhealth.org. We are Palomar Health. Passion. People. Purpose. When it comes to your heart, every second counts, which is why Palomar Health's nationally recognized heart and vascular center provides award-winning care close to home. Here you will find an expert team to help you and those you love live longer and healthier lives. We know the most precious moments of life are felt with the heart, and caring for yours is our passion. To learn more or find a doctor near you, visit palomarhealth.org. We are Palomar Health. Passion. People. Purpose. Purpose.